The preceding message is brought to you by Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. Stay tuned after this message for more information about Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. Glory to God. I trust we're doing well. I trust we are all keeping well. I trust there's someone in the house that is keeping hope alive. I trust there's someone in the house that is not allowing the pressures in the world to get to him or to her or to take your attention of God. I trust that there's someone that is still declaring the words and the prophecies that God has spoken over us as king's word in this house. Why? Because not one word of the Lord will fall to the ground without being accomplished. I trust that there's someone that is staying empowered and drawing strength from God on a daily basis because it's only by the strength of God that you can prevail. It's only by the strength of God that you can run your race. Hallelujah. I hope there is someone that is not giving up, that is not planning to quit, that is not planning to cave in in the house this morning. Why? Because we serve a faithful God. Because our Father is a faithful God. Because He has never ever failed. Because He has never ever given up. And so you have no reason to give up on God or to give up on yourself. I hope there is someone that is expectant in the house this morning, expectant concerning the rest of this month, expectant concerning the rest of this quarter. Why? Because God is up to something in this season. If you are sensitive to God, you will know that God indeed is up to something. And as many people as will cooperate with God, as many people as will join their faith with God, as many people as will choose to run at the pace of God will experience such transformation that their minds could never ever have fathomed in their natural ability. Glory to God. I trust God that someone in the house is going to be stirred up this morning. I trust God that there is going to be an awakening in the heart of every man, every woman, whether you're here in the auditorium this morning or whether you are watching us online because God is here for you. Glory to God. This year was declared as our year of recovery. I trust that someone has been gathering together their recoveries in the different areas of their lives. Hallelujah. Because that word is meant for you. It's your word. It's your prophecy. Glory to God. Amen. This has been been indeed a season of prophecies over us in King's Word Ministries. And the Bible says that we must lay hold on the prophecies that have gone ahead of us. Because that is what we're going to use to wage a good warfare. Whether you know it or not, whether you recognize it or not, we are in a warfare. Amen. But thank God because the victory has been declared in our favor right from the foundation of the world. But God expects you that you will take the words that he has given you. You will take the promises that he has given you. You will take the prophecies that he has given you and enforce them over your life. And enforce them over your circumstances. And enforce them over your situations. And that's how we experience the fullness of God. Glory to God. You know, every now and then people just need to be jacked up. You know, some people need to experience a disruption in their lives. Amen. Because it's, I mean, you might have been going in a particular direction, but God is saying, this is where I want to take you because this is where your destiny is. And sometimes you experience that sort of disruption that just causes you to awaken 
and you begin to take your life in the actual direction that God ordained for you. Amen. Glory to God. So by all means, let it be your desire that this month, that this quarter, this final quarter of the year 2022, I am going to move forward. I am going to make progress. I might have settled in certain areas of my life, but I am going to al allow myself to be awakened afresh by God. To see the things that God is up to. To see the things that God is doing. To catch the dreams and the visions that God is revealing to his people. Because God has something that is greater than you for you. Amen. Your life is not just about you. Your life is bigger than you because God has placed you as a part in a whole picture that he's putting together. Glory to Jesus. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to dig in this morning into some of the prophecies that God has, has, has given us in, in, in this house in recent times. And I'm going to start from the book of Genesis, Genesis this morning, Genesis 1.28. Let's start from the book of beginnings. Genesis 1.28. Then God blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. This was the first commandment, the first instruction that God gave to man after creation. And it was an instruction in dominion. I want to read that same verse from a couple of other translations. Genesis 1, 27, 28, and the message translation, the message translation goes thus. God created human beings. He created them godlike, reflecting God's nature. He created them male and female. God blessed them, prosper, reproduce, fill the earth, take charge, be responsible for fish in the sea and birds in the air for every living thing that moves on the face of the earth. So the primary assignment of man on this earth is to reflect the nature of God. God told man, prosper, reproduce, fill the earth, and take charge. What does it mean to take charge? Don't allow anything, don't permit anything that is not reflective of God. Don't permit anything in your life, don't permit anything around you that does not reflect the nature and the characteristics and the heart and the thoughts and the will and the desires of God in your life. That's what it means to take charge because you were made to reflect the nature of God. And so the nature of God ought to be reflected in every single area of your life and all around you. The Amplified Version Genesis 1.28. And God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful, multiply, and fill the earth and subdue it, using all its vast resources in the service of God and man. And have dominion over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, and over every living creature that moves upon the earth. Says, using all the vast resources in the service of God and men. 
how much of the knowledge, how much of the wisdom, how much of the wealth of this world are we using in serving God and in serving mankind? Salam. There are opportunities around you. There are resources around you that God expects you to lay hold of in his service. And in ensuring that you make a difference in the lives of people around you. And, you know, this is a command to everyone. This is a charge to everyone. So no one is left out of this. No one is left out of this. It was God's picture for the entirety of mankind that they will use everything around, everything that God has placed in this world. They will take it, maximize it, and serve God, and serve God's purpose, and also serve mankind with it. So it's a question that we ought to be asking ourselves each and every time. Am I maximizing the vast resources that I have access to? Am I maximizing the, the vast resources that God has deposited within me? Am I maximizing the vast resources that I have around me? Or am, I, or am I just settling? That's what it means to have dominion. That's what it means when God says that this is a season of dominance. God expects us as his sons and daughters to begin to arise and to begin to exert his influence wherever we are. With the resources that he has given us. Amen. It means exactly reflecting God's nature in your home, in your family. It means exactly reflecting the nature of God where ministry is concerned. It means reflecting the nature of God where your finances are concerned. It means reflecting the nature of God where your health is concerned. Where your career is concerned and everything that concerns you. God expects you to re reflect his nature. So it's time that we began to see dimensions and expressions of God like never before. Dimensions and expressions of God like never before. Glory to God. If you're going to live a life of dominion, if you're going to live a life of domi dominance, one of the first things that you must realize is that you need to be consecrated to God. You need to be consecrated to God. We look at the life of Jesus. The Bible says that God has given him a name that is above every other name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow. You know, I was just thinking, you know, the Bible tells us that about Lucifer, that Lucifer was the choir master in heaven. And so there was a lot of responsibility that God had placed on him. He held a very prominent place in heaven. You know, until he decided one day that he was going to go rogue. And God did not stop him. God left him to his whims and caprices. Jesus Christ was in every respect God. You know, but Jesus got to the point where, you know, he didn't want to go. He didn't want to die. It wasn't easy for him to die. And I just thought, okay, what would have happened if Jesus Christ said, sorry, God, I'm not doing it. <laughs> it's too much for me. <laughs> yeah, because if we, no, if we look at the attitude of Jesus, he had his choice to make. He had his own choice to make. But all the while he said, if I had my way, you know, Lord, I'm not going to drink this cup. But I'm not going to have my own way. It's not my will, but it's yours that is going to be done. So if we're going to experience dominance, 
We must understand that a life of consecration is non-negotiable. It's non-negotiable. Praise God. The Bible also tells us about Daniel. Daniel was taken into captivity in, in a strange land. And even in something as mundane as food, for crying out loud, food. If Daniel chose, if he was a slave in a strange land and they called him out that they were going to serve him the riches and the delicacies of that country. He was a slave for goodness sake. Who was going to hold anything against him if he decided to? I mean, after all, hey, I, didn't, I cannot come and kill myself. <laughs> I'm going to partake of all these delicacies. But he made up his mind in something as mundane as food that I was not going to defile, you know, I was not going to go against God's word. I was not going to go against God's instruction. And we see from his life that, you know, someone who would, in something so insignificant as food, would choose to be consecrated to God. When there were lessons, when there were challenges in which his life was at stake, it was a no-brainer for him. It was a no-brainer for him that he, he was, he was he, I mean, if he was going to die, he was going to die. He was consecrated to God. It was a no-brainer. So that's the kind of attitude that we must have. Every single area of our lives, every single aspect of our lives that we are going to reflect God, we are going to reflect the desire of God, the counsel of God, the heart of God. And it doesn't matter who is there because the decisions that you make in, in the small areas of your life and the insignificant areas of your life as it were, those things will have, you know, a multiplier effect on other aspects of your life. So nothing is too small for you to give to God. Nothing is too small for you to decide that I'm going to honor God in this. I'm going to stand by God in this. Hallelujah. And you know, consecration is about just setting your heart towards what God wants you to, what God wants you to, to do. What God wants to accomplish. About the thoughts of God. About letting the desires of God rule and reign in your heart. About making choices for God. Making choices for God wherever you are. And as you begin to tune your heart to God, as you begin to focus your heart towards the desires of God and the things that he wants to do, more than ever before, he will continue to show you his dreams and visions. He will continue to open your eyes to the things that he wants to do. He will begin to give you dreams and begin to give you pictures that are bigger and greater than you because he knows that he can trust you. Because he knows that he can depend on you. Hallelujah. He will begin to stir up things within you, desires within you that are only in line with his vision. Amen. Glory to God. Let's go to Micah chapter 4. And I'm going to read the message translation. But when all is said and done, God's temple on the mountain, firmly fixed, will dominate all mountains, towering above surrounding hills. People will stream to it, and many nations set out for it, saying, Come, let's climb God's mountain. Let's go to the temple of Jacob's God. He will teach us how to live. 
We will know how to live God's way. True teaching will issue from Zion. God's revelation from Jerusalem. He'll establish justice in the rubble of nations and settle disputes in faraway places. They will trade in their swords for shovels, their spears for rakes and hoes. Nations will quit fighting each other, quit learning how to kill one another. Each man will sit under his own shade tree. Each woman in safety will tend her own garden. God of the angel armies says so, and he means what he says. Amen. If you've made up your mind to live for God, then make up your mind that you're going to go all the way. You're going to go all the way. The Bible in Micah 4 says that God's temple is going to be firmly established and be firmly fixed and will dominate God's, will dominate all the mountains. And God's temple is you and his eye. It's you and it's I. Amen. So God expects you that you should live a life of dominance wherever you are. Your mountain is your place of assignments, your place of primary assignments. It's where God has called you to be. So wherever God has placed you, wherever God has planted you, wherever God has located you, is where God expects you to rule and to reign. Amen. And the scripture, Micah was saying here that, you know, many nations will say, let us go to the temple of Jacob's God and he will teach us how to live. He will teach us how to, co to conduct our finances. He will teach us how to get results in our business. He will teach us how to live a healthy life. He will teach us how to succeed where academics is concerned. He will teach us how to bring about results to problems that we encounter on a daily basis. Amen. So that is God's desire. That we as believers, we take our place in our mountains, in whatever mountain that God has called you, and you begin to dominate. And what does it mean to dominate? To reflect the nature of God. All the wisdom, all the knowledge that we need in this world is available in God. Amen. And God is saying that I want you to reflect my nature. I want you to reflect my counsel. And what are some of the things that, are going to, that, 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 we're, that we're going to see? He says that he will establish justice in the rubble of nations. We will see justice. We will see peace reign. Amen. Glory to God. We will see that nations no longer need to learn how to kill and to fight one another. Why? Because the system of God, because the sons and the daughters of God, wherever they are, they are, they are, they are expanding the system of God. They are expanding the ways of God. And they are teaching God's ways to the world. Amen. And then God's system will be established upon the earth. Glory to God. Glory to God. And the icing on the cake is that as a church, God has told us in this season that he's accelerating his business on the earth. He's accelerating his business on the earth. Amen. It might seem, you know, many times we wonder, why, when, when God, when? Why God, when? But God has told us in this season that he's bringing about an acceleration. He's bringing about an acceleration. God wants to accelerate his business in this day. God wants to hasten the work that he's doing in this day. And I want to talk very quickly through, you know, some of the words that, um, you know, our, our, our grandfather in this house, Reverend John, 
Reverend Jod, you know, declared over us where acceleration is concerned. Amen. The first thing that he said was in terms of acceleration is that as God begins to accelerate, we will catch up on wasted time. Who can relate here? You look back, you know, two years, three years, five years, and it seems that you can't account for it. It seems that nothing happened in your life, that you were just on the same spot. But God is saying that in this season, that you will catch up on wasted time. So where you, I mean, God is going to move you to where you ought to have been. Where you ought to have been. Amen. You might have had opportunities that you have missed in the past. Amen. God is going to bring back those opportunities. And it's going to be as if you never missed those opportunities. Because that's what it means to catch up on wasted time. Glory to God. You might have been missing in action. Missing in action. But God is saying, gather around. Because I'm going to allow you to catch up on time that you have wasted. I'm going to give you another opportunity. And that's why we can't afford to be complacent in this season. Because God is bringing opportunities our way. God is bringing missed opportunities back again our way. So we need to be extra sensitive. And we need to learn to work with God. Amen. Acceleration will cause you to accomplish much over a shorter period. Will cause you to accomplish much over a shorter period. So God is going to compress time for you. The things that naturally should have taken five years, God is saying that I don't need five years anymore. I don't need five years anymore. It can be done in one year. It can be done in three months. It can be done in one month. And that's what the Bible says, makes us understand in Amos 9.13, that things will happen so fast. Things will happen so fast. Things will happen at the same time. Things will be happening everywhere at the same time. Amen. But God wants you as his sons and daughters to be sensitive to understand the season that we are in. Amen. It's not business as usual. It's not business as usual. God is saying things are going to happen very fast. Amen. It's not going to take 10 years anymore. It's not going to take 5 years anymore. And as many people as will arise in that attitude and in that expectation, they will experience compression of time. Amen. Acceleration will cause you to outpace your equals. Acceleration will cause you to outpace your equals. People that you see as your peers, bottom line, God is saying that you will outpace them. Why? Because he's hastening your steps. He's showing you better ways of getting results. He's showing you more effective ways of managing your business. He's showing you ways by which you can multiply income. Amen. And you will outpace those around you because God is hastening your steps. Because God is bringing about an acceleration. Amen. You will operate at God's speed. You will operate at God's speed. Amen. I don't know what speed you might have been operating on. But by the time acceleration comes to manifest in your life, God is saying that you will begin to operate at God's speed. Amen. And you know, God's speed is based on the race that God has called you to. Because God has called each and every one of us to a different race. Amen. So you need to understand where God has called you to be. But God is saying that by reason of this grace of acceleration, I will cause you to operate at the speed I have ordained for you in your particular location, in your particular field, and in your particular sphere. 
Amen. So you will not move too slow when God is saying it's time to move fast. And at the same time, you will not start running when God is saying it's a season of slowing down, as it were. Amen. You will learn to operate at God's speed. Amen. Acceleration will cause you to turn out as originally planned by God. I mean, this is so powerful. You will turn out as originally planned by God. You might feel that you have, been, you have been derailed one way or the other. You have missed your way, but God is saying that you will turn out as I originally planned. The Bible says that, you know, before my, you, you were formed in your mother's womb, that I ordained you and I called you. I had an assignment for you. I had a destination for you. I had a, a, a location for you. And God is saying that in this season of acceleration, that you will return to that original plan. My original intention for you will be your experience and your manifestation. Acceleration will cause you to have bonus time for other things. This is so powerful. How many of you have felt that, gosh, I have so much to do and your life is choked? Morning till evening, it's, you can't seem to have a breather. But God is saying, even in the midst of things happening so fast, you will have time for other things. Like MTN extra time. You buy credit for 2,000 Naira and you have 20% extra to use. You will have extra time. Amen. Because, you know, five hours will seem like 10 hours. Amen. That's God giving you bonus time. So you will, have, you will not be choked. Amen. God is saying that you will have time for other things in life. Amen. Glory to God. So in this season, you know, God expects that you engage your faith. I mean, that's how we bring these things into reality. There are so many prophecies that we have over this house. But you need to engage these prophecies with your faith, by your faith, to make them a reality in your life. Faith is being grounded in the word of God. It's being grounded in the instruction of God. Very simply put. God gives a word, God gives an instruction, and I allow myself to be filled with that word, to be grounded with that word. I allow that word to be what dictates my steps and my actions. I allow that word to be what dictates my everyday movement. Amen. And we're going to look very quickly at, you know, what are some of the things that we will see, we will experience when we are actually engaging our faith. God is saying that this is a season of dominance. God is saying that this is our year of recovery. God is saying that he is bringing about an acceleration. God is saying that he is causing his sons and daughters to exert influence wherever they are. How do we bring these things into reality? The first thing about faith is that faith is seen. Faith is seen. 2 Corinthians 4.18 While we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. So faith is seen the unseen. And I'm going to ask you, everyone, this morning, what are you seeing? What picture are you carrying in your heart? What picture is controlling you and is dominating your mind? What picture about you, about your today, about your tomorrow, fills your heart? What are you seeing about your tomorrow? What are you seeing about next year? What are you seeing about five years down the line? 
What are you seeing about the things that God wants to do in you and through you? Because it starts by seeing, by capturing what is in the heart of God. Amen. To move forward in life, you must constantly be able to see beyond your physical experience. If you're not seeing anything, you cannot experience anything. Your eyes, like the, I mean, Paul said, we, we, we don't look at the things that are seen. But we choose to see the unseen. We choose to see the things that God has declared already. We choose to allow the promises of God to build an image in our hearts and in our minds. And that's the image that we carry every day. No matter what the physical might be telling us. If you are going to move forward, you must see ahead. You must have a picture and an image that is bigger than what is around you today. So faith sees the unseen. And faith captures the unseen in their hearts as an image in their hearts. Amen. Glory to Jesus. God called Abraham. And what did he do? He began to show him a picture. He began to show him an idea of what his tomorrow could be. He began to show him that you don't have any child right now. But in future, what I have for you is that your generation will be like the stars in the heaven and like the sand on the, sea on the seashore. And Abraham began to imbibe that image and he began to catch on to that image. And today, we celebrate Abraham as a father of faith. But Abraham chose to see what God was revealing to him. And he took on that image and made it his reality. Some people, many people, is that, you know, they just can't see beyond where they are today. And you need to break out of that cycle. You need to break out of that cycle. You need to get out of your comfort zone and just, and just begin to dream like never before. I mean, if you want, if you're someone that doesn't have a car and you, 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 you can't, for any reason, you can't see yourself having a car, look for a friend around you that has a car and start hitching a ride with him or her. And every day as if your friend is driving a car, I mean, see yourself in that same place. See yourself in that same place. I mean, that's how, you know, images that are bigger than your today, the things that you're experiencing now, begin to develop in your heart. Begin to develop in your heart. So you need to go out, leave your comfort zone, leave that place of comfort. And just begin to, by all means, get pictures that are bigger than you. Get pictures that are bigger than you. The primary place you can do that is the word of God. Because the word of God, you know, covers many aspects of our lives. And you can begin to see people that did great things in the word of God. But at the same time, around you, you can catch images that, will, uh, uh, that, that are in line of what you know God wants you to experience. And allow that image beginning to, to, I mean, to, to build strong, strongly on your inside. Amen. If you're in a place where your marriage is struggling, look for someone that has the kind of marriage that you desire. And begin to hop up with that person. Amen. And begin to learn from that person. And begin to get a picture of, okay, this is what a home ought to look like. This is how a husband and a wife ought to relate with themselves and see that it is possible. It is possible because the more you expose yourself to it, the more you believe that it really can be my experience. Amen. 
Faith is being rooted. Faith is being rooted. So it's not just enough to see. It's not enough to have a picture. But that picture must be rooted on your inside. That picture must be rooted on your inside. Hebrews 11.1, the Passion Translation says, Now faith brings our hopes into reality and becomes the foundation needed to acquire the things we long for. It is all the evidence required to prove what is still unseen. Faith becomes the foundation that we need. So faith must be rooted in you. Amen. The images that you see must be rooted in you. Romans 4.20 says concerning Abraham that he did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God, and being fully convinced that what he had promised, he was also able to perform. He did not waver at the promise of God, and he did not get there in one day. But eventually he got to the place where he was rooted, he was grounded. The Bible says that he kept being strengthened. Every day he would go out, he would look at the stars of the sea, he would get stronger, he would get stronger, he would get stronger, he would get stronger and stronger until he wasn't moved anymore. Until he got to the point where he had his son and God told him to kill the son. And he was so grounded in the fact that I am the father of many nations. That he knew that even if I kill this only son that God has given me now, I know that I am the father of many nations. Glory to God. So faith is being rooted. And there is a process to being rooted in faith. Staying focused on the promise. Staying focused on the promise. If you stay plucked to the source long enough, you will get full. If you get a bucket, if a bucket is empty, not a drop of water, all you need to do is to just put that bucket under the tap where you know that water is running. If you keep that bucket there, what's going to happen? The bucket will get filled. If you stay constantly plugged to the source of faith, and the primary source of faith is the word of God. The Bible says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. If you stay primarily plugged to that source, you will get to the point where you're rooted, where you're full of faith. You know there are many voices in this world. There are many voices. Every day we are hearing things. And so, you know, ask yourself, what am I doing to ensure that I stay plugged and connected to this? That the voice of faith, the voice of the word, the voice of the promise, the voice of the prophecy is what is louder than every other voice that is around me. That's how you're going to get rooted. That's how you're going to get rooted. What are you doing every day to ensure that faith comes every day? What are you doing every day to ensure that the promises are becoming more and more real to you? That you are becoming more and more grounded in that promise and in that prophecy? What are you doing every day? Because I tell you that every day, consciously or unconsciously, there are words that are coming into your heart. There are words that are contrary to the word of God, to the promises of God that you are hearing. And you have to keep those voices out. Amen. That's how we get rooted in faith. Number three, faith is an action. Faith is an action. 
James 2.20 and verse 26 says, But do you want to know, O foolish man, that faith without works is dead? For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead. Faith is an action. If you know something, if you are rooted in something, if you are grounded in something, there are some actions that are inevitable. When a man gets, if you have two men, a bachelor and a married person, now the bachelor eventually gets into a relationship and eventually gets, gets married to someone. When he gets married, he begins to act as a married man because his reality has changed. When you are full of faith, there are some actions that are inevitable because your reality has changed, because faith has become your reality. Because faith has become your reality, so it impacts on your actions. Amen. So you must get to the point where your faith determines your actions. You take steps in the direction of your faith. You direct your life in the direction of the, of, 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 of the image of faith that you have. Sometimes it's as easy as just building, a, building your, I mean, increasing your network. Building a, a connection with someone around you. For someone else, it's sowing a seed. It's sowing a seed. For someone else, it's just repackaging yourself. If you realize that, I mean, if you stop seeing yourself as an unemployed person, as a jobless person, and you just begin to repackage yourself and treat yourself and carry yourself like someone who is gainfully employed, it will change your mind. I mean, you won't wake up in the morning and all you are doing is lying down on the bed and looking at the hand of the clock from morning till evening. No. When your reality becomes... I may not have a job now, but I know that I'm gainfully employed. Someone might not have employed me for, into, into their company right now, but I can employ myself. And what am I doing? I am adding value to myself. I'm gaining knowledge. I'm studying. I'm, 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 I'm learning something new. Because I realize that I've been created to add value. So when faith becomes your reality, a reality in your heart, it will impact on your actions. And that's why James said, you know, that faith without works is dead. Faith without works is dead. It's in your daily habits. It's in the things that you are doing every day. So it might not be a massive step as it were. It doesn't have to be a massive step. But what can I do in my life every day to reinforce this position that I believe, this promise of God that I believe? What can I do every single day that reinforces this? Amen. Faith embraces patience. Faith embraces patience. Hebrews 6.12 That you do not become sluggish, but imitate those who through faith and patience inherit the promise. And Paul said in Romans 5.3, And not only that, but we also glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance. So faith, faith embraces patience. The Bible says that those that inherited the promise did so through faith and patience. And what does patience mean? I'm standing there. I'm not moving. Nothing around me might have changed, but my heart is steady. My heart is fixed on the word of God. I know that this is true. I know that it's only a matter of time. Amen. 
Because many times you are going against the tide. Many times your faith is going against the natural tide. But the Bible says through faith and through patience, remaining constant, staying consistent in what you're doing, you will inherit the promise. Glory to God. And finally, faith rejoices. Faith rejoices. This is so powerful. Romans 5.2 says, Through whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. We rejoice in expectation. We rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Nothing might have changed around us, but our attitude is one of joy. Why? Because there is an assurance that he who is called and he who is promised has faithful, is faithful. And he will do what he has said he will do. I may not have the answer today, but I know that I have the answer and that's what matters. And so I choose to rejoice. And so I choose to rejoice. Because when, I mean, depression opens up the door to the enemy. Depression opens the door to the enemy. Joy is a fruit of the spirit. So when you make a choice that I'm going to walk in joy, I'm going to, I mean, allow that fruit of the spirit, you know, to be manifested through me. You open up yourself more and more to the influence of God. But when you allow depression and grief and sadness and worry to take over your heart and your mind, you are opening up the door to the devil. You are opening up the door to the devil. And you are slowing down the process. Amen. So faith learns to rejoice. Hebrews 3.6, the Amplified Version says, But Christ the Messiah was faithful over his own father's house as a son. And master of it. And it is we who are now members of this house. If we hold fast and firm to the end, to the end, our joyful and exultant confidence and sense of triumph in our hope in Christ. What's Paul saying here? If we choose to remain joyful in hope till we see the reality and the manifestation. If we hold, if we keep steadfast. In our hope, in our expectation, and we are rejoicing and we are thanking God. It's only a matter of time and we will see the manifestation of our faith. Hallelujah. So God is giving us a challenge in this season. This is the last quarter of 2022. And God is saying that I want, I need my sons and daughters to arise. I need my sons and daughters to begin to see beyond them. What visions do you have? What dreams are you carrying? Your life is more than you. Your life is more than you. Your life is beyond you. Your life is beyond your personal needs. Your life is beyond having your needs met and having your bills paid. Your life is about you reflecting God. Your life is about you taking that place of dominion. Your life is about you ensuring that you are an influence, an ambassador for the kingdom of God. And whatever mountain, whatever assignment that God has given unto you, and every single one of us has a place of assignment. It might be prominent, it might be hidden. Amen. Glory to God. But wherever you are, God is saying that, you know, I want you to take that mountain and I want you to dominate in that mountain. 
I want you to reflect my nature on that mountain. I want you to begin to see the things that I want to do through you. And I want you to understand that I am hastening my business in this time. I am hastening my business in this time. It's going to be quick. It's going to be accelerated. But as many as will latch on to what I'm doing in this time, they are the ones that will experience. They are the ones that will experience. And so in this last quarter, I want, I want you to challenge yourself that I'm going to go all out. What does God want to do through me where he has placed me? And begin to see cut visions and dreams that are bigger than you. You know, God was dealing with me in a particular area of my life. I mean, I was telling someone that three months ago, if you had asked me, do I want this thing? I would have said no. I'm comfortable where I am. But all of a sudden, God began to, you know, stare in my heart. And I know that naturally speaking, it is not something I want to do. But God is telling me that, you know, it's a platform that he has given me. So it's not just, you know, staying in my comfort zone. But what he wants to accomplish through me. And I'm beginning to just tune my heart. And just, you know, ask God for grace and just, you know... Get, get, I mean, get in line with God. Get in line with God. Get in line with God. So what are you going to do today? Amen. What are you going to do today to take your place? And there's a step that every one of us can take. There's something in your life, there's something around you that you can do today. Today. There's a step of faith that you can take today. Let's rise up on our feet. Oh, Father, we give you praise. Father, we give you praise. Everyone has received the mandate of dominion. Everyone has received the mandate of dominance. Everyone has received that command to reflect God. Every single person, wherever you are. You don't have to be in a specific location. Wherever you are today, today, God is saying, I want you to take charge. There are some people that God is going to call them out of where they are. Not necessarily everybody, but every single person where you are today. Today, what are you seeing about God? What are you seeing about the desires of God? Let your faith reach out and grab it. Let your faith reach out and grab it. Because that's how we are going to move forward. I want you to talk to God this morning. Oh, le pranda zikara mandere bo shatala mande zikaro do sata. Le malo shandara bo satana mande zikaramandas. And first of all, just consecrate yourself to God. Consecrate yourself to God and understand that your life is beyond you. Your life is beyond you. Jesus said, the Bible says that I have come in the volume of the book. It is written of me to do your will, oh God. To do your will, oh God. Would you consecrate yourself to God this morning? Because that's where dominion starts. That's where dominion starts consecrating yourself to God and making yourself available to him as a vessel in his hands
And ask God to open your eyes. That's to consecrate yourself to him. Ask God to open your eyes. The preceding message was brought to you by King's Word Everywhere Nigeria. We are located at King's Word Auditorium, Etel Avenue, behind NNPC Filling Station, First Bank Bus Stop, off Kudarat Abiola Way, Argun, Lagos. Email kmiafrica at kingsword.org. Telephone 234-810-00-00640.